We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy, GMAC, Andrew Claudio here with another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast, a midday edition of the KFS pod. Uh, Okay, so here's the full story without getting into too much detail because I want to respect the privacy of uh, certain friends of mine that... I mean, it's nothing, nothing crazy. John and his his family are sick, and uh, they had enough of an outbreak that John texted me yesterday that like the next few days are kind of up in the air of what he is physically able to do. So I want to first apologize to Mensa, who we've been trying to get on this pod to make his KFS pod debut for like a month now. And it would have been perfect because RJ is surging and, and raging hot. And he's one of the biggest RJ stands and supporters and have been perfect for a Macri comeuppance uh, and, and to read him the riot act for his sins of the things he said about RJ in the past. Um, but unfortunately, we had to reschedule till next year. So thank you, Mensa, as always, for being understanding and flexible. Please follow Mensa on Twitter. He's part of our pregame show crew. Um, when he is here, um, we will we will. Just give him the floor and allow him to say all the nasty things about Macri and all the other RJ haters that wrote him off entirely too early. Um, but John is is out of commission, at least for this episode, at least for last night's episode, and then the episode we did today. So instead, we were able to pull a few strings, and I want to give a gigantic thank you to Fred Katz. We just got done recording. We, we talked for about two hours this morning. It's going to be audio only, so apologies to the YouTube faithful, but um, he was able to do a two-parter with me. The first part is going to be the episode you're about to hear, and part two is going to be over on our Patreon. So he did a mailbag episode featuring questions from our patrons. Um and uh, he answers questions about the Knicks, about his career, about the NBA at large. There's a Yankee question in there. Um, I, I really do appreciate and uh, love the analysis that he gives. Uh, and it's even better that he was able to do it so last minute. And in, on a game day, he was able to uh, make time, make two full hours of time for us to do this two-parter. So thank you to Fred. Get well soon, John, and on the rest of the family. Um, and we'll do plugs at the end. Without further ado, here's part one of our mailbag episode with the one and only Fred Katz of The Athletic. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School podcast, um, a man who is technically still on the schedule for next week to talk to John and be our last guest of 2022. But uh, for uh, all circumstances that came up, uh we had to reshuffle some things and call an audible and have him come even earlier uh, because he is the man and always makes time for us and always makes time for you, which is why this mailbag is very unique. And it's another reason why he's awesome from the athletic. He covers the Knicks so very well. Mr. Fred Katz, Fred, 
Thank you for making time this morning, sir. You know, every day, here we go. I, I go to Madison Square Garden. Not every day, every game day. 41 times a year, I go to Madison Square Garden. Sometimes I go to Knicks games on the road. Many days, I make the drive up to Terrytown, which is not always easy when you account for New York City traffic. And I make the drive up to Terrytown anyway, and I go there. I see the Knicks practice for a little bit, sometimes not at all, but I get to interview guys. And whenever I'm there, whether I'm at a road Knicks game or I'm at Madison Square Garden or I'm in practice, you know who I see? I see Svi Mikhailuk. And he he is working his ass off. He is working hard. He is going through his pregame routine and he is going through every step as if his his pregame warm up out on the floor at Madison Square Garden is somehow his version of the NBA finals. And then I watch that guy work his ass off every day. And then I watch him sit on the bench and never get into a game. Mm. And you know what? That year of him just kind of it's an incredible reality of the NBA. You make a lot of money and you just you but you're still just at the end of the bench and you're not playing and you have to go in, you have to work hard. These are competitive people, you work hard. It's an incredible part of the NBA with these guys who work their asses off and they just don't play. And yet Svi Mikhailuk has still logged more minutes this season than Jonathan Macri. <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting for it to come up. I was waiting for the plane to land. And of course, it lands in the woods with Mr. Macri chopping wood and dealing with whatever bug has made its way through the Macri it's, household. It's um, so it's so it's so it's 10, 10 in the morning right now. Like, yes, like Macri is just like asleep on a log right now. Right. Yes. He's yes. just he's just passed out. Is that is that what this is? Yes. Just passed I'm, out on a log. If it's not a log, it's it's like literally face. Uh, face up, but like looking at the sky, like uh, you ever seen the Revenant? Of course. Okay, he's living so in a bear now. Yeah. Literally, he's it, it, according to him, his uh, his uh, digestive system got attacked by a bear, and now he's just waiting for his crew to come find him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's I'm sure that's the case. It's 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 unbelievable that you guys have been able to build up such an incredibly successful bench venture when the guy who uh, is supposedly the face of it is nowhere to be found. It's 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 amazing. Well, it's, I mean, why, it's extraordinary. It's why we turn to the other all time greats like you, Mr. Fred Katz. And I appreciate you filling in for this this very last minute. Um, this episode, this mailbag. Um, for those wondering why we didn't poll Twitter for questions, it's because we polled patrons. Um, this is part one of two that I guess this whole thing is going to be recorded in one file, but obviously from the episode description, you will know already that the second half of this mailbag can be found on Patreon. So if you want to hear the back half of this conversation, head to Patreon. I'll just make the plug now. Uh, seven bucks gets you an extra KFS pod every week, uh, as well as access to our KFS watch parties that we do on playback, as well as access to the KFS discord um, uh, status pending. Um, we are town hall is next week. If you want to go up to the Monroe tier um, and so on and so forth. But Fred is not here to hear the full plug for Patreon. He is here to answer all of our patrons questions. Um, our first question comes from Alex LaRusso and I'll get it out the way now. Can we get antibiotics and chicken soup out to John's cabin in the woods? <laughs> he I doesn't love that it, need them. I love that it's become he a full bit. I really do love that it's become a full bit. It's not a bit. Oh, it's this is just what's right. going on. Clearly, let's look around. Let's look at the Zoom. We have, we have, we have you mm-hmm. right there on the Zoom. We have me right here on the Zoom, and we have John, just yes. nowhere to be found. Nope. He's just, he's just vanished. Uh, no, we can't get him antibiotics. John's body has actually grown to reject antibiotics. It's, it's not working in that fashion anymore. Uh, the way that he, and he doesn't need chicken soup. What he's been doing is. He's been running up to rabbits and just stabbing them and Jesus. then just eating them raw. <laughs> and as he does it, he says, I'm going to hurt you worse than Ryan Archie Diacono hurt his ankle. And then he just goes 
was right at the rabbit. So it's it's really gruesome. I I realize it's it's disgusting, but look, don't blame me. I'm not the one doing it. Blame blame John. You yeah. know, yeah. you think that's bad. You should see what they're doing to the chicken before they put it in your chicken soup. Bingo. But you're just reporting at this point. You're just relaying yeah, the I'm facts. just conveying, I'm just conveying the information. Like doing your I feel job. Like we've yeah. grown we have grown to be a society that just kills the messenger, you know? So you get the message you don't want, and then it's like, oh, hate the media, hate the reporters. I'm I, I'm just telling you what this guy who you supposedly like, that you like enough to listen to his podcast, like that guy, I'm just telling you what he does in his spare time. That's all. I'm just I'm pulling back the curtain. So you can see what this monster is like Jesus. as a true human being. You know, that's all. That's all. That's all. He doesn't have to be in the woods. He doesn't have to be murdering adorable bunnies. He doesn't have to be. But he just this is what the guy does. He just goes to the woods and he and he murders adorable, cute, just the cutest bunny you've ever seen. Boom. John murders it. It's unbelievable. What has this evolved into? <laughs> oh no. I feel like I'm gonna get canceled for that. Yes. PETA <laughs> is gonna search out this niche NBA podcast and cancel you specifically, but then us indirectly. Uh yeah, they, I mean, look, if I if I get canceled, then maybe I uh I'll still somehow be on more shows than John's. So. Yeah, let's <laughs> say well, you'll be able to come on more often in that case. Um so thank you, Alex. Here's another question coming up later, but we'll get the next one. Um that I found fun more, more so than than deep dive of Fred Katz. Um, it comes from Luke uh, Shaman. I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, Luke, but he wants to know if you can finally get to the bottom of Derrick Rose's red hat. Last year, you said you wanted to be allowed in the locker room so you can ask questions like that. No excuses. Have you no found excuse- out yet? No, you have no excuses. Yes. Have you found out what's up with this red hat? Yes, uh, it is. It is a fez, not a hat. OK. Um, and it's part of um, Moorish. Uh, I, I, I want to make sure I get the terminology right. The, the, the Moors, M-O-O-R-S, who I, I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about, but that's, uh, I believe, a North African um, okay. community. And uh, and Derek is not Moorish. But he, I think, respects their culture and whatnot. So he he wears that, and and that's the that's the type of fez that Moorish Moorish people wear. And that's why investigative journalism, right there. We got to the, the bottom. The question of it. was asked, and uh, Derek gave like a long answer. There, and that's why question was answered. There you go, Luke. You got your answer. Um, okay, next one from Colin Gick. Love your work, Fred. What is the weirdest NBA rumor you've heard from a source in your career? Ooh, that 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 was like true, or or both. that just ended up being total BS. Because sometimes you hear things and they're, they're give me both. BS. Give me both. Okay, here's here's the weirdest one that, like, I was never explicitly told told was untrue. Mm-hmm. So, but I, but I've also never been explicitly told it, it was true. Okay, uh, and I I personally I don't believe it. To be true because it's the most ridiculous thing ever but like a good source people build up equity with you right sources build up equity with you so not all sources are created equal after you build up relationships with people and you've been exchanging information for a long time where like sometimes you have there are some sources who are literally right about everything they just have a 1000 batting average with you and you're like that's when like when they tell you something you're like Okay, like mm-hmm. this has got to be real. He's never been wrong. And there are some sources who are just BSers. And there are some sources who aren't BSers, but they just kind of like like sharing information. They're like, hey, I heard this thing. And just like the same way that we talk about rumors or whatever. And it turns out it's not true when they only have like a 50% success rate. So you kind of have to be wary. And then there are some sources who only really know what's going on with their team and so on and so forth. Uh, this is from a source who I would say has like has a success rate that is high enough to where I always check if he tells me something. Okay. But he has been wrong about things in the past. Uh, 
And just in case I'm not going to name the name of the executive, you don't have to. Yeah, of course not. I was told that before the draft a few years ago, that there was an executive who was uh, plotting out. They had a high pick and there was an executive plotting out um, astrology charts on all of the top prospects and had narrowed it down to a certain number of guys based on their astrology charts. Okay. That, I mean, that's it to me. That's, that's the craziest. That, that sounds nuts. Imagine, okay. imagine if a, if a team took a guy number one and then they were like, yeah, yeah, he was a Taurus. So <laughs> I don't, I don't want to name who I think it is. I just, I don't think you'll guess who it is. Oh, this it's sounds not. This sounds is, very Sacramento taking big Bagley over Luke or Trey. Like, you know what? Everyone will think Sacramento. It's not Sacramento. Okay. So I'll just say that. Clarify. Um, All right. They, it's they, not they, they, there are other yeah. reasons. Got it's you. it's a person who like if you if you know the industry reputation of the person, you're like, I mean, that's that's insane. But. OK, but, OK, but it's. uh but no, it's not. It's not a person with that sort of reputation. It's actually somebody who I think is considered to be very, very smart, but is just like very outside the box. Uh, and that's a that's a wild one. That it sounds very outside the box. Can you not not to dig too much, but can you tell me if it was like the pick that the player they ended up going with ended up being a current good player? Like was the analysis or evaluation correct? I. I probably shouldn't say that. Okay. Because I then think it's going to narrow it down. Narrow it down. I much. should know if you could be like, he's still in the NBA or, you know, he's not in the NBA anymore. The player, the player taken with that pick is, I mean, it was only a few years ago. Okay. The player so probably still in the NBA. NBA. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. Still in the NBA for sure. Okay. Well, I, 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 I guess I'm thankful for the that's next a trade. weird one, right? It's a very weird that's a one. that's a weird one. That's the one where I'm like, that is some weird stuff. So the next one comes from Callum Lewis says, hi, Fred. Um, thank you, Callum, by the way, for not making this a Nick's question, even though I know some of the rumors have come out that have by, made by it, the way, by the way, to be clear, I don't believe that it's true. What the the astrology rumor? Yeah, I don't believe it's true. I need you to understand. I think it was a bullshit. From it just sounds on, like such a bullshit rumor. It, it probably is. But from now on, I'm assuming every team that botches their draft pick has astrology charts out. And that's, that's why they get things wrong is that they're going to up. Oh, nope, he's a Leo. We, we can't have that type of personality in our locker room. Um, to Callum. Yeah, no, that's true. That's why, like, uh, John's just going to be out there stabbing bunnies <laughs> being like, uh, no, we'll be topping. Shouldn't have been a Scorpio. And then, and then <laughs> what is, what is the may sign? The astrology sign. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up while you're answering the next question. Cause John's born in may. So um, we'll figure out if that matches his personality type. Um, Callum asked a question about Trey Young, but didn't specifically be like, how can the Knicks get Trey Young? He just wants your opinion on uh, the full question is there are rumors Trey could ask out of Atlanta in the summer. Which three teams do you think will have the most interest in trading for him? Okay. I was running through this a little bit tomorrow and I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, confirming or denying those reports. I just, I don't have that, but Chris Haynes is a, is a great reporter and is very locked in. So I don't doubt it at all. I have a ton of respect for Chris. Uh, let's see. I've run through it a little bit. The weird thing with Trey is that he is extreme. He's extremely disruptive to your ecosystem. And that's a thing that I personally think about a lot when I think about the fit of players, the ideal role player, for example, is totally undisruptive to your ecosystem. That's what I talk about with Quentin Grimes all the time, right? Where Quentin Grimes is just like, you could plop him on all 30 teams and you don't have, that team doesn't have to change a thing about its offense and he'll probably make its offense better. And that team doesn't have to change a thing about its defense schematically. 
philosophically, whatever. And you, and he'll make your defense better, even though you don't have to change a thing. Now, most stars are disruptive. All stars are somewhat to very disruptive of your ecosystem, because if you get a star, why the hell are you not changing things to cater to that star in terms of your offense? Like if you get like LeBron James is extremely disruptive to your ecosystem, but it's not always a bad thing when you're disruptive. It's like, you're not going to get LeBron and park him in the corner. You're going to let LeBron run your damn offense. Right. I think there's an argument to be made that Trey is the most disruptive player on both sides of the ball to your ecosystem in the league where if he is on offense, you want to give Trey the ball. And you know what? He is not empty stats every year when he is on the floor, the Hawks offense is fantastic. And I know it hasn't worked out great with DeJounte Murray so far, Uh, you know, offensively, I think they're still getting their footing, but even so when Trey is on the floor, you are going to have a top notch offense. And yeah, there are the questions about whether guys are playing with him and all, all that kind of stuff, but, but you have to give him the ball. Like you have to give Trey the ball. He's extremely ball dominant and he's going to pass. He's going to find three point shooters. He's going to be, I mean, this year he's been horribly inefficient, but mm-hmm. generally he's going to be efficient enough for it to be okay on such a high usage. Uh, and defensively you have to cater everything to him. So I, it's hard to find trade traits because there are a lot of teams who aren't going to want their ecosystem disrupted as largely as he would require. Now, getting into it, I have an absolutely bonkers one that I thought of while I was on the phone with a friend yesterday. And I just, it's not going to happen. I've heard nothing about this. I get i get paranoid about putting this stuff out there because people think like, oh, we know something. And I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I know nothing. I only know Trey's astrological sign. That's the only thing I know. Uh, but what if both teams were like, screw it, and did Trey for Towns? Ooh. I mean, that would fix, that would, to an extent, fix the glut at forward. Well, like it's the, the big man glut that Minnesota has. I'd assume D'Angelo Russell is also in that trade. So that way he's your point guard. Right. I, and see, the tough part. Shante Murray could be your point guard, too. No, I meant like you could trade Dan. Like D'Angelo Russell can go like be a sixth man. Like he he could also play off ball better right. than Trey could. I guess like talking it out, I'm talking it from the Minnesota standpoint. You would, I guess you you could also just make D'Angelo Russell your sixth man there. Do you like yeah. that fit of Anthony Edwards and Trey next to each other? I mean, here's my logic. It's Minnesota doesn't have a lot of ways to shake it up. They've been unimpressive to start the year. They don't have the flexibility of a draft pick. I don't think if they continue to flounder, and I don't think they're going to to be earlier. This isn't going to actually happen. It's crazy. Right. No, it's, it's crazy fantasy. Shania I dig scenario. it. But, but with, with that trade, I'm just thinking, so Trey, my whole preamble about Trey being disruptive to your ecosystem, you have to cater to him. Is there, if you could pair Trey with any all-star in the NBA, I think there's an argument to be made that the best one for him is Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Where, where Gobert offensively is just going to set tons of screens. He's really good at setting really high screens. He's going to clear Trey up for those really long 27 foot pull-ups that he likes at the top of the key. Uh, he's going to, Trey's going to be really open on those. He's going to have Gobert rolling. Uh, he's going to have Gobert just getting him open whenever, and he doesn't need the ball. And then on the other side, I don't know if there is a player more uniquely qualified to clean up all of Trey's messes than Gobert. Where, okay, point of attack is just getting downhill every freaking time, or, or you know, Trey is, you're, you're hiding Trey in the corner, and that guy is just cutting from the corner every time. Like, okay, well, Gobert is there as the last line of defense. Is there a, a better last line of defense. Uh, so I, I, I just, I like, I like that fit. And then you figure out the rest later. I, I, I agree. I'm like, okay, Trey and Anthony Edwards isn't the best fit, but it's also like, show me where Trey is the best fit. He's not really a great fit anywhere. It's just that he's so good that he can overcome the fit in certain places. So it's funny. I, I want to say it was last, it was this, 
most recent summer that when John and I were making like our predictions for potential trade destinations and where star X or player X could end up moving. If they are to move, we said go to Atlanta makes a ton of sense because for this exact same reasoning that you're laying out. So I like that aspect of it from a basketball sense. Um, the Anthony Edwards part of it, like if I was if I was Minnesota, I would just want to. It's why I was pro Gobert trade with the caveat that they gave up entirely too much for him. Um, I I was like, if you're gonna trade for a guy, let it be a, a no usage guy that doesn't take the ball out of Anthony Edwards' hands, and you just hope it improves your defense enough, and you're just a really good regular season team, and maybe you get some playoff luck. That has not happened so far this season. Um, I would just like cater to everything to Anthony Edwards, which that would obviously not mean trading for Trey young, but I do like the, the, the basketball sense, how um, putting Trey next to go bear makes a ton of sense though. Um, yeah. Do you have another and, and Atlanta, Atlanta would have to shake things up too. They got to trade Capella. Well, they um, also, what picks are they giving up or would they even have to, because it's, they're getting cat. So I guess I that's think the, that, I think that trade is just like, Conceptually, it's just like, oh, we paired two point guards together and we thought they would work because they're both all stars and it's not working. And and then the other side, they're like, oh, we paired two centers together and they're both all stars. So we thought it would work, but it's not working. Oh, I know what goes well with a center. Oh, point guard. Oh, what goes well with a point guard? Oh, a center. Oh, why don't we just why don't we just flip those two? Like, I think I think that's the that's the logic. So to me, it's just like those two dudes. For each other, I gotta Generally. be honest. I love the Dejounte Murray, Carl Anthony Towns pairing. Just like, yeah, see, I mean, like, that see, also makes play, sense yeah, too. That makes so much sense, you know. That that I mean, we just talked about the Minnesota part of it, but like that actually makes sense. We're like, yeah, Towns is not going to be very good on on pick and roll coverage. He's not going to be a very good rim protector. That's that's just not the strength of his game. But guess what? Dejounte Murray is going to freaking blow up every single screen. So mm-hmm. like it's going to make towns look a lot better defensively. Remember when that one year when Minnesota was good under Tibbs and we were like, wow, towns really improved defensively, but it's also like, well, yeah, he's got freaking Jimmy Butler everywhere. And yeah. so he, he's, he, he, when he, when he's, you know, playing weaker pick and roll coverage, it's like this dude is just not, he's just not letting the screen impede him at all. So he's looking okay. Um, DeJounte is an amazing defender. He's a great defender. So there's a similar concept there too. You'd have to move Capella, um, which I think is totally doable, even though he's been down the last couple of years like that. I think he makes 18 a year Capella. So like you'd have to do that. I have another team. I have another team. Hit me. The red hot Orlando magic. (laughs) Um, you like they him. have 900 big men. Yeah, the magic that's... are this close to running out a lineup with all centers. Mm-hmm. Like they are this close. They've got Wendell Carter Jr. They've got Paolo Boncaro. They've got Bull Bull playing point guard. They're just like, screw it. Mark, just 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 get rid of all the guards. Markel Fultz, you can come in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Dylan Suggs, you can come in sometimes, but they're just they're just running out all of these, you know, Mo Bamba. Like they could legitimately with Jonathan Isaac there, they could legitimately just go like Isaac, Bamba, Bancaro, Wendell Carter Jr., and Bull Bull at the point. And then you're just like, what the what the freaking hell is this? <laughs> this thing? It's not, it's not even a throwback. People are like, oh, they're playing two bigs. It's a throwback to the 90s. That's not a throwback to the 90s. That's a throwback to that one time 20 years ago in the all-star game when they let Shaq play point guard. Yep. Like that was that's what that oh, is. Oh, that's a throwback. Well done. Yeah. That was <laughs> the Chris. Yeah, it was like Chris like, Weber. It was Garnett, Weber, Duncan, Shaq, and Dirk was the yep. five on the court. Yeah. Yep. I remember that. That was fun. Yeah. That was an iconic all-star moment. It was. I oh one or oh two. That was the year that the West was supposed to win by a hundred, and then uh, Stefan Marbury and Allen Iverson led them in a comeback, and like Dikembe Mutombo had twenty something rebounds, and it was why Philly traded for him to try and stop Shaq, and it did not work in the NBA Finals. I can't. I can't imagine why it didn't work out for the West when they were just playing 
<laughs> a bunch of centers. centers at the same time. <laughs> Can't imagine. But with the magic, I mean, dude, Bull Bull, Bull, Bull is, is like super fun. Every now. single every single oh, highlight man. I see of Bull Bull like with space is like, oh, so this is what this looks like. This is the evolution of the point forward. Totally. Now it's just the point center, you know? Totally. He's not even a center. He's something like, you know, like centers play the five. He plays the six. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, the magic could do it. They have, they have all their, they have all their draft picks. They, they're talented. Like Franz. Va- oh, I forgot about Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. Franz. Franz Wagner is freaking like, like Franz Wagner is not going to be a good player. Like Franz Wagner is going to be an all-star. That's my, it's my thought. He is really good. Yeah. And I, I, I don't even think it's, I think it's actually bolder at this point to say that Bancaro is never going to be an all-star than that. He is going to be an all-star, right? Like that dude, that dude is like good now. Yeah. Good. Good today. He's not going to be good. He's good today. Franz Wagner. Good today. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. Been great this year. You got all these bigs. Wagner is more of just like a huge wing than a big. He's like a modern four. And Ben Caro is kind of a, he's kind of, I don't know what he is. I mean, I guess he's just a classic power forward. Yeah. Um, and, and Carter is this very good defensive center. If Jonathan Isaac is able ever is ever able to recover what he was before. I mean, Jonathan Isaac before he got hurt was on track to be first team all defense and legitimately in the defensive player of the year conversation, like was, was, was putting up the best steals and blocks combinations basically since Hakeem Uh, just, just, or maybe David Robinson, just an unbelievable combination there. Um, there's something if you get a point guard who's like really dynamic and you have the length and the size to maybe be able to overcome Trey, like there's something and yeah. Trey is really, is really young. So he's like actually in their timeline. So if you're going to trade for a star and be like, we got this, they just reeled off a six game winning streak. It's like, if you're going to be like, I'm going to trade for the star, like maybe, maybe that makes sense. Maybe I'm into it. Maybe I, I think you hate it. I can tell from your face. You hate it. I just, it's something about the fact that they're doing it without Trey and you want to like, especially in Paolo's rookie year that you almost want to see what this can become before you, you blow it up for, like you said, an ecosystem that would have to get blown up, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're objectively correct. They're just, I mean, let's, let's run through it. It's like the bucks, the bucks aren't going to do it. Um, I guess, I guess there is like one universe in which after the season, the Celtics like lose in the second round and Jalen Brown is now on an expiring deal and the Celtics are worried he's going to leave and you do like a Jalen Brown for Trey thing. Maybe there's like one universe, but Jalen, Jalen Brown's from Atlanta. So maybe Atlanta feels comfortable doing that being like, yeah, no, no, we have we have good signs that he wants to stay here and play here. This is where he's from. I don't know if that's true, but uh, you know, there's one universe where that happens out Dr. of Strange. all of the universes. Okay, yeah, out of all of the universes. Like to put it in perspective, like Macri's in the woods in all of the universes, right? <laughs> but Trey Young is on the Celtics in one of them. Gotcha. Exactly, Trey Young's on the Celtics in one of them. Mac- Mac- Macri just not showing up to his own podcast is really it's, it's disappointing. Yes. Um, extraordinary. Especially when, when this is the Patreon podcast, like people pay for this and he's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm not feeling it. (laughs) Hey, this isn't, this isn't for me. You know what? Send, send Fred. I'll get the money either way. Just, just send, just send Fred. Bingo. What does he even use the money that he gets from this for? Like, what does he, what does he do? There's no currency where he resides. There's, there's nothing there. He's just like living inside of like a rotting log. Like he's covered in termites. Right what now. do you think the, the thing's made of? Like money comes from trees. Like we don't pay him in actual currency. We just like, all right, those more extra trees are yours. Can right, I give that's you the, true. he just, he just burns stuff for fire and for warmth. It's very cold tonight. Exactly. Are yeah. we, should we be worried about him? The temperature is dropping 
to an I've, extreme degree. I've given up worrying about John Macri. I just, you know, hope he hope he returns eventually. You right. know, he finds just, his way out of the woods. Is. Exactly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Knicks fans. Quick break to tell you all about WinBet, the official sportsbook of Knicks Film School. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards. Get in on all of your teams, players, and sports from the NBA, NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, MMA, Golf, the W, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download the WinBet app now or go to winbet.com to start winning. That's bet $100, win $100 at www.wynnbet.com. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. Can I give you the team I was thinking? And it's a team that's come up a lot lately. So it's not, it's like an, an almost too obvious one. But the New York Knicks? No, Chicago. I want no part of Trey Young and the Knicks. It'd be like it'd be like if in '94 the Knicks were rumored to get Reggie Miller. Yeah, I want no, I want no part of Trey Young. Okay, um, <laughs> Chicago. Uh, I mean, look, the DeRozan Levine thing seems to not necessarily be working. Although they have won two in a row, and we'll see what they do against the Knicks tonight. But if you want to make the third team Chicago and it's like Levine for Trey, you know, I guess it's not necessarily what you love if you're Atlanta, but if Chicago can throw in, see the tough, tough thing is, is the, the bulls are a, a bit pick encumbered than you'd like yeah. if you're Atlanta. Um, but if you're looking at Levine and his upside from an Atlanta perspective, then at least you're getting that back. Um, probably have to make it a three team deal. So more picks make its way back to Atlanta. Um, that was at least the one I thought of. It's like, well, if we're just reshuffling chairs on the Titanic either way, then Levine to, to Atlanta for Trey makes a ton of sense. Makes some sense at least. Yeah. I, I, for what it's worth, I would hate it for the Knicks probably. Oh, for the Knicks? See, here's the thing. The situation, I would probably hate it for the Knicks. That's not the guy that I would want to bring in if I were them. 
Trey or Levine? The answer is yes. As far as Trey. I'm yeah. Trey. I mean, I was talking about Trey. I don't know. I mean, Zach Levine's a really good player. So it depends on what you give up for Zach Levine. I just, I just can't see a world in which Atlanta is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's Trey Young for two first round picks. I just like, if you can get Trey Young for two first round picks. I'm like, okay, he's a great player. Like, go do it. I just, that, that's, if Trey Young ends up going anywhere, then it's going to be for a whole boatload of stuff. Yeah. And, I don't know what the price tag would be for Levine if Chicago decided to blow it up. I don't know. So Zach Levine's a he's he's having a down year. He was hurt and he's on a big contract now. But Zach Levine's a really good player and he's become a tremendously efficient scorer and is a hell of a shooter. Uh, so so I don't know. I could it just that would just depend on what you're giving up to me. Uh, whereas like if you're not giving up a lot, it's like okay, you got a really good player and you can give up a lot. But who knows on that one. It's funny. I was listening to the Simmons this morning and he had uh, New York's own John Jastrzemski on to talk about all the different New York happenings, especially in the baseball world. And when they got to, to basketball, he suggested trade in New York and said Brunson top in a bunch of picks. And I just I'm thank you, JJ, for understanding the assignment. And it's like there's no version where Leon Rose trades the guy that they now can we can confirm tampered to get to New York to then trade his godson for Trey Young. It's just not happening. And that I think is what it would have to take is that you're trading Jalen Brunson in said deal, which I don't think is happening. But trade Jalen Brunson will be here as long as his God godfather is here. Yeah. J- Jalen Brunson and Obi Toppin, the two guys on the next who are represented by Liam Rose's son. By Sam Rose. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Not happening. Um, okay. Next exactly. question. Uh, wait, can I, can I throw one more out there? We don't one more out there. Long, but yeah, there's yeah. no way it's happening because the fit is weird as hell. And it's, and it's, it's just not time. I don't think they're going on this sort of move. Uh, but Trey young is from Oklahoma. His <laughs> favorite childhood player was Russell Westbrook. Okay. He grew up a big Thunder fan. I used to see him when I covered the Thunder when he was in high school. I used to see him because I, I wrote for the Norman Transcript. And he, uh, went to, okay. he went to Norman North High School. And, you know, Norman Transcript, small paper, and we cover all the, the high school teams. And so, I mean, I Trey was, I saw Trey play when he was in high school, chucking out 40 footers against Oklahoma kids. Uh, and Trey, maybe that's the one guy who would be like, okay, yeah, I'm down. Let's go Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't know, Trey. So uh, this is for SGA? No, it's for a ton of picks. So you'd go from pairing him no, with SGA, DeJounte. SGA to, is better than Trey. I agree, but that's why I'm saying like you go from trading him, you go from pairing him with DeJounte Murray to pairing him with SGA. No, I don't think it would be for SGA. It would be like for a ton of 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 OKC's picks and you pair Trey with SGA. But that's what I'm saying. But you go from pairing pick. him with a point guard to pairing him with another point guard. Oh, yeah. God, how dumb am I? What no, you're not dumb. I'm just trying I to I am dumb because you said the same thing six <laughs> times and I somehow interpreted it as the opposite. I blame um, I blame the internet connection. I, I blame I blame right, no. we have some Macri uh connections going on unfortunately out in the woods, <laughs> you know. Anyway. Um I would yeah i mean it's a horrible fit i hate that i just there's no way okc does that, I hate I, that. if i'm I okc like i'm just seeing how far this sga thing could take me and maybe i'm biased this offseason like they're a team like, SGA probably, is unbelievable he's he's on ba right now yes uh, what team would he's you have him on because john and i did our all nba teams and we mm-hmm. i had I him on my i had him on my second two a month ago so like Steph, Steph and Luca would be my first team guards. That was mine too. And then second team. I had SGA and Donovan. Contenders for second team. SGA, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell, Devin Booker, John Morant. Yeah, I think I think I would have to go off the top of my head. I think I'd have to go Devin Booker there. He's been unbelievable this year, mm-hmm. and I mean the. The the on-offs are insane with him. Like Phoenix is losing more now. And it's like, okay, well, they don't have Devin Booker, who it's like they're like 
they were like 15 points per 100 better when he was on last time I saw, and the numbers are insane. And he's just Chris Paul's fallen off this year, and he's just taken the reins of the offense. I Devin Booker, I think for sure. Um, and then the other one, maybe Shay. Maybe Shay would either be my second guard on the second team or my first guard on the third team. It's weird. Okay. It's so clear who the six guards are right now. Yeah, Jalen Brown could make Donald his way in. Jalen Brown could make his way in, depending on if one of the other falls off or gets hurt and doesn't play a ton. But it's it's those six as far as I'm concerned. Jalen historically has had dual eligibility too at guard and forward. Then if so. you want to want to fudge it and make him a forward, that makes it even better because you could get him on third team and honor yeah. the Celtics appropriately. Um, there was yeah. an, an, and he's been phenomenal this year. So hold on. There was an awards question on here that I guess I'll ask you now. Um, who would your early front runner be for MVP? It's so hard this year. Mm-hmm. It's so really hard this year. Give um, me the five candidates and then I'll force you to, I'll force you to rank them. Okay. Hold on. This is from Keon, the creator. Sure. Excuse me. Keon, the curator, not the creator. Yeah, the creator. My goodness. How Excuse arrogant me. would he be? Said he's the curator. Makes <laughs> it even better. The curator is the the curator is far less cocky. It than is the creator. That is very fair. Very like I fair. don't I don't make the stuff, I just arrange it. Mm-hmm. Um okay. <laughs> All right, we're we're calling this up. We're gonna see. Okay, I mean Jokic would definitely be on my list. Mm-hmm. Embiid has been absolutely out of his mind lately. I think he would have to be on my list. Giannis, 100% is on my list. Uh, Tatum, the Curry injury, I think kind of... Are we saying as of today or are we projecting? Into as of the, today. As of right now. You're so top I guess five Curry's, MVP. So, so I guess I'm going to knock off Embiid because he's missed about how many games? He's missed a number of games. Missed enough. So yeah. Gonna, yeah. So I'm going to knock off Embiid. Uh, that'll, that'll be a little tiebreaker. So in no particular order, I'd say Luca, Giannis, Tatum, KD, and Steph. You just said you just didn't say Jokic. I just didn't say Jokic. This, this is season, why it's so hard. This season is so difficult. Yeah, this season is so difficult. Okay, I'm just he's he's injured and the team is under 500. So Steph is out. Steph is out. Um, okay. People are not talking enough about what the hell Jokic is doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's obscene. The dude had 40 points, 27 rebounds and 10 assists the other night. It is insane. And one of the things that I, I, I think it's genuine voter fatigue with Jokic, but Denver now has the best record in the Western conference. They do. And one of the, one of the things that I, I, I hate about the Jokic conversation is, oh, the, you're only voting for this guy on advanced stats. That's all you're doing. And I'm like, I'm like, first of all, he, he, his counting stats, his conventional counting stats are insane. Yeah. Okay. Let's just look at his points, assists, and rebounds then and what he shoots from the field. Okay. We'll just do that. And, they're absolutely obscene, like generationally obscene by any measure. And okay, now let's go to, let's say the on-offs, which I think had a ginormous um, factor in him winning MVP two years in a row, right? Mm-hmm. They are better this year than they have ever been by far. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets are 29 points per 100 possessions better when Jokic is on the floor this year. He's insane. Like I. I- my argument last year when people would make the he's it's just an advanced stats argument, which like the advanced stats help. Don't get me wrong, but like it's just it's like him and Wilt are the only two two players to average those types of splits with those types, that type of efficiency. And like, that's enough. Like the counting splits enough. Like, oh, the only other player to do this is Wilt. Got it. OK, so this is the type of type of world we're living in with Jokic. He is averaging 25 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, 
Now do the he true is, shooting. Now do the effective field goal percentage. He is shooting. <laughs> no, I'm not doing effective field goal percentage. Oh, I'm just not regular doing true shooting. Yeah, yeah, no, no, none of those, none of those stupid nerd stats that people okay. like Macri look at. None of those. Just 68% on two pointers. Yeah. Want to talk about, want to talk about Shaq, the, the, the most dominant big man of the last however many decades, as, as we all agree on. And I'm not disagreeing on that. He is the most physically imposing player of the last however many decades. And I actually think Shaq has become historically underrated because yeah. I think people just associate him with all of like his Shaqness now. They associate him with TNT and the Adam Sandler cameos and <laughs> 5 million commercials. And they just think of him as this big goofy guy. And it's like, no, yeah. that dude was literally the best player in the NBA for like a while it's legit um, up to us like the those in our in our 30s that saw the shack experience live right. to be like like this was a thing like right he you had fantasy leagues where you couldn't take shack because it's just unfair to have that advantage with the first pick you know yeah and 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 the other thing with shack is like people people react i think because a lot of his great his best his most fun highlights are like him just backing down some dude who's like seven feet and mm-hmm. like as if he's a piece of paper and then dunking on him as if he's just, he just weighs nothing. It's like, that's a seven foot dude that he just did that dude. That's insane. And those are his craziest highlights. People think that Shaq only used his size and strength to overpower people. And that was the only way he succeeded when he was one of the most skilled centers of his entire mm-hmm. generation. Like I remember a few years ago, Shaq got, 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 killed for when somebody he mentioned that he thought the player who reminded him most of him in this generation was Giannis and Shaq got killed because people are like, Oh, Giannis brings the ball up the floor and he's a passer and he's basically a point forward. And it's like, yeah, no, Shaq is actually a hundred percent correct on this. Yeah. I, I realize Shaq has some bad takes, but he's actually totally right because Giannis is the one dude in the league who's like, Oh, you're over here. Uh, I don't really care. I'm going to go to the place that I want to go. Exactly. And I'm yeah. Just do it completely on my own. And if you watch like Orlando Shack, Orlando Shack was one of fast breaks and stuff like 25 years before a big member doing any of that. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he was ridiculous. And anyway, how it relates to Yogi. It's yeah. Shaq, Shaq, the most dominant big man of, of many decades, the most physically dominant big man of many decades. Never got close to 68% on two pointers. Never got close. This dude is shooting 68% on two pointers. (laughs) He's shooting 68% on two pointers and he takes 13 twos a game. Yeah. What what the hell is this? What in the world is this? Mitchell Robinson shoots like 70%, 68% on two pointers. He is shooting the same on two pointers that like Mitchell Robinson does. And all Mitchell Robinson does is throw down dunks and get putbacks and some dump offs. And this dude plays on the perimeter. And plays at the elbows and plays at the free throw line and posts up and has nine million post up moves so, and shoots mid range. <laughs> what is this? So Zap keep, said he's not my MVP. He's probably no, my no, no. He's absolutely your MVP <laughs> after all of that. So, Keon, I know, I think, I know, but the way but you heard one Fred's, thing, uh, what do you got? Okay. I don't know. Maybe he is my MVP. I really, the way, the, you're it. very I, passionate about Jokic, it sounds. Which I listen yeah, with because, good reason. The two-time defending MVP, you know, because I think there's, I think there's voter fatigue. Also, like, I, I don't know how you could watch Jokic and not be like, this guy is the most insane offensive player in the league. Yeah, like I don't know, other than Curry, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know how you could watch Jokic and be like, oh, clearly people are just seeing things in advanced stats. This doesn't pass. Like, how can you look at Jokic and not think he passes the eye test? Yeah. He just annihilates teams. Uh, but anyway, Giannis has been so incredible defensively this year. He's been unbelievable. And, and Milwaukee has had the best defense in the league. And something I was thinking about the other day, actually, is I think Milwaukee might, might, end up with three guys on first team all defense because you could have Brooke Lopez at Brooke center, Lopez, yeah. Giannis at forward and, and Drew at guard. Drew Holiday is always incredible defensively. I think he's been particularly incredible this season. It's almost as if he saw a guard who wasn't him win defensive player of the year and he was like, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. 
No way. Yeah. That's mine. He's he's been insane defensively. That's the best defense in the league, I think. Um, but Giannis has been so incredible two ways this year. I guess maybe I will go Jokic because Giannis's efficiency stats are actually not quite where you would expect them to be this year. They're just down. I'm going to see where they are, but as the last time I looked at it, yeah, like the effective field goal percentage is 56%, which is obviously a good number, but that's the, you know, his lowest in like half a decade. And he's just not shooting at the same level. And you look at Jokic, who's is like 64, but Giannis has been so great defensively. It's tough. I think those are my top two guys. I think those are my top two guys and figure out the rest later. And B doesn't play enough. Yeah. Yeah. Giannis and Jokic are, are my top two. I mean, both those guys who have combined to win the last four MVPs, right? Right. So For it's like, it's those two. And then I think, I think there's I think like KD. A, a, KD. KD has a real good argument, too. especially as the Nets keep winning. And then you add in the Tatum buzz kind of went away. Although that's only because the Celtics started losing games, you know, um, but like he's going to be in the conversation. There's legit like a nine man conversation, I think, right now. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. There's such a good. Often we kind of have a clear front runner by this point in the season. And we just don't. Well, KD, by the way, you want to talk about insane number on two pointers? Yeah, he's KD been nuts. shooting sixty three percent on two pointers, he's and they're great. all they're all like perimeter, to, like long twos, if anything, because he's like that's his game. He's a mid range god, you know. Yeah, well, he's the best long two point shooter in the NBA. Easily, I think for sure, for sure, he is. Uh, he's fifty right now. He is shooting fifty three percent. On long twos. Last year, by the way, he shot 58% on long twos. <laughs> what Insane. the hell is that? 58% on long twos. And uh, this year, he is shooting 84% of the rim. He's also been quite wonderful defensively. Mm-hmm. He he and Claxton have been their best defensive players. And, and Claxton will get pushed around and stuff. And he's a good shot blocker. He's more of a good weak side shot blocker. He's not really going to like verticality you and 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 totally deter you and all that even though he's been good defensively this year but KD's been good this year defensively he's he's bought in he's blocking shots he's he's helping from the weak side like yeah I think KD is I think it's definitely been his best defensive season since joining Brooklyn he had one year in Golden State I think it was his second year in Golden State where he was really fantastic defensively. And that defense was just swarming everywhere at that time. And that team was just such a given to win the title as long as they stayed healthy. And they did. And KD was amazing. But this year he's been unbelievable. I'm just worried about his minutes. I mean, another good thing, by the way, if you want to make KD argument, it's like, I'm a big believer that cumulative help is totally factors in. Like I voted for MVP three times. I didn't vote last year, but the previous two years I voted. And availability is really important. Like I am going to be way more prone to if, if a guy gives you a, a level play for literally leading the league amount of minutes, or if it gives you a 9.9 out of 10 and leads the league in minutes, that is to me a lot better than giving you a 10 out of 10, but he only plays 64 games. So, I mean, cumulative help, matters to me. I don't just believe like, oh, if you clear the bar, then everything's the same. That's the way I approach it. And Kevin Durant is leading the league in minutes, which is crazy. And it, it like, it might be actually like insane, but then it's also like wild on his part that he's able to do this after an Achilles tear and various other injuries, but that matters. It matters. It's why it's also fair to monitor the workload on that Achilles and you know, we'll see what happens. So that does it for part one of this mailbag episode. If you want to hear part two, sign up for Patreon. It's seven bucks a month. It gets you an extra pot a week. It also gets you access to our playback watch parties and access to the KFS Discord. Um, 
I just can't say enough good things about Fred Katz. Reminder, tonight, pre and post game. Um, I'll be on the pregame show, potentially also on the postgame show. We'll see how John's feeling. And uh, until next time, thank you for tuning in to the KFS podcast. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Enjoy the game tonight. I'll see you on the pregame and, again, potentially the postgame. Um, take care, everybody. Talk to you soon. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.